I have a leak in my radiator. <clears throat> so excuse me for my uh, tardiness, and, uh, but I've got it taken care of and got some antifreeze put back in my vehicle. Uh, so forgive me for being just a little bit late tonight. But I, I heard the church worshiping God as I, as I pulled up, and it was just a, a magnetism just to get in. I just couldn't wait. I'll be reading tonight from Exodus chapter number 11 and verse number 1, and I, this is a rather unique situation for me because I don't believe that I have uh, ever been called upon to preach a certain message, uh, but <clears throat> I have been tonight. Good to see you, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to stand in this uh, sacred desk tonight and deliver the word of the Lord. And I don't take it lightly, but I am very honored to do so. I'm glad for my good friend, Brother Hill, tonight. I hear that he was telling stories on me and Brother Weir last Sunday night, though. And I want you to know that I, if of all the things that I am on the golf course, I'm usually honest. So <clears throat> we'll settle up about that later. Uh, you know, the problem is that uh, they go and preach on this Internet thing now. They put you on a podcast, and anybody and everybody can listen to what guys have to say. It's amazing. <laughs> I've had such a fun time, such a uh, wonderful time playing with your, your men, and thank you for allowing me to do so. Exodus chapter number 11, verse number 1. I was driving over this afternoon, and pretty angry at my car. I was thinking about <clears throat> the fact that uh, in the last week I've lost reverse in my vehicle. Uh, I, I have to keep it shoved in to, to back it out. And you know, it's not like it's a special car to start off with. It's a 1997 uh, Volkswagen Je uh, Jetta, and that might be the reason just starting off. But it no longer uh, keeps mileage. My odometer's broke. I can't tell what how fast I'm going because I only can, can tell so by my a tachometer. Um, <clears throat> my brakes need changed. Um, I, my tires have literally, I took them in the other day, and the guy referred to my car as the beater, and <clears throat> I, he took silicone and run it around my, uh, the sill of my, my rim and my, my tire to make for sure that it didn't leak because they were going flat about every two or three days. And I could, just, I could just bore you all night long with thing after thing after thing about this wonderful little vehicle, but it just kind of dawned on me on the way over that it's paid for. So the next time you come to church, just for Brother Robertson's sake, and when you start to look around and say, well, there's a hypocrite. Well, there's a backbiter. That guy's half backslidden. Just think about this. The church, it's paid for. <clears throat> Well, that person done me wrong. That's all right. The church is paid for. He paid for it over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. With the cross, three rusty nails, he laid down his life and shed his life's blood for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want you to know this is a glorious church. It's a wonderful church. It's a beautiful church. It's a church without spot. It's a church without wrinkle. It's no... It's nothing less than a church and the church triumphant. 
I've got a destiny tonight, hallelujah, with the husbandman. He's going to meet up with me. It won't be very long. The Scripture tells me, just a little while. And he that shall come will come. And he will not tarry. And when he comes, I want to be ready. I want to be a part of that church that's paid for. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all right, it's paid for. I don't know how I got that out of a beat-up old car, but... Exodus chapter number 11, in verse number 1, and when you have it, say, Amen. And I'll also be reading from Exodus chapter number 12, and verse number 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, you shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. In other words, he's trying to hold on to you, but when I get done with him, he's going to be running you out. <clears throat> I don't have time to go all there. there. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow. Would you say borrow? That's a really kind word. <laughs> if you look it up in the Hebrew, borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver. Would you say jewels of silver? And jewels of gold. Would you say jewels of gold? And the Lord gave the people favor. Would you say favor? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of people. Exodus chapter number 12 and verse number 35. If you will scurry a chapter farther. And we will read from there, verse number 35. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed, would you say borrowed, of the Egyptian jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. In one, one Hebrew term that I read for that word spoiled, it means to take back that which belonged to another. So for 400 years they had been taken from. They had their dignity, their pride, their heritage, their posterity, uh, their land. They had everything taken from them. And so now, as a final result, they're all mounting up as one unanimous group and about ready to walk out the back doors of Egypt. And God says, oh, by the way, I don't want you to just take a few cattle and a, and a few camels. I don't want you to just take a few things. But I'm going to give you everything that you left. I'm also going to give you the things that they've taken from you. So they spoiled that's the very word that's used when the, the enemy was overcome. Spoiled the Egyptians. I'm going to preach to you for a few moments in your hearing tonight. What are you going to do with the blessing? Would you ask your, your neighbor that right now? What are you going to do with the blessing? What are you going to do with it? You can be seated in the name of the Lord. I, I want to track back, if we can, before I, 
I get to where I'm going, we've got to go back to what we just began to read because it's of, of grave importance that we understand the very foundation of what we're preaching about and, and, and what we're talking about tonight because these were a people that had no pride. This was a group of people uh, that had their dignity sucked out of them. This was a group of people that was subservient to another country. It was not even a country of their own. If you was uh, to allow to call Goshen their home, you could probably do so, but it was handed to them by the Egyptians. So really, everything that they owned was not their own. It was something that came from somebody else. And so as we begin to read here in these verses that we read for our text tonight, we must understand there is only one way for these people to be able to walk out of Egypt. There was only one way for them to be able to walk out with more than their children and more than their wives and more than a couple of cattle. It was the very hand of God. It was the favor of God bestowed upon the people of Israel. How many want that kind of favor of God? And so, if you will just allow me to uh, send out a hypothesis tonight that in the house of, 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 of uh, let's, let's make up a name. Let's, let's talk about uh, Joseph. Say, say there was a man that was named Joseph, and he, he was a servant uh, to one of Pharaoh's uh, governors. And, and he walked into the house, and uh, he'd done just like he had done every other day. And he looked across the room, and there he saw that beautiful piece of gold setting there on the cabinetry, and he had, he had never inquired about it. He had never asked what it would take. To, to purchase it or to buy it or to have it. But just that day there was a boldness that rose up within him and he, he looked at this guy and he said, Hey, hey buddy, what's it going to take to get that piece of gold? And the favor of God fell there in the midst of that house. And he looked at him and he said, Well, well you've been a pretty good guy. Why don't you just take it with you? And she was, she was walking across the the floor that day around the kitchen and there was a lovely set of pearls there and so he she began to ask the governess of Pharaoh hey what about the pearls and so she would look at her and she would say well those pearls are are not for sale oh and then a smile would creep across her face but to you I like you There's just something about you that I'm going to show favor on you. Why don't you take those and just put them in your pocket and just go on home? But, 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 but what, what I owe you? Nothing. You don't owe me a thing. You just, you just take it. So, so God would pour out His favor upon His own people so that when they walked out of Egypt, they would walk out with their hands full. I'm laying this foundation because I'm going somewhere tonight. I want you to understand that when you leave the world and you come into the church, the blessings of God are to come with you. So here we go. Here we go. They, 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 
They rose up out of Egypt. They, they celebrated the Passover and they, they took off and they, they laden down their camels and they, they lay, laden down their, their, their cattle and they laden down their donkeys. They had kids with pockets full of gold walking out of Egypt. And here they were. I would love to have been an individual walking behind this, this tribe, uh, the, the very last tribe and all of the people of Israel. I would love to be the guy behind them with a metal detector. Beep, 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 beep. You tell me you got some, some metal detectors where you got given to you or something, three, four hundred dollar metal detector. It's a good time to pawn that thing. He, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to just follow? Because you've got to, you've got to know, my friend, that starting out on the track, there was a lot of things that they laden down their camels with. And, and how many have kids? Raise your hand if you got kids. How many times do your kids ask you, "Are we almost there yet, Daddy? I'm tired. I'm weary. Don't you think on the track out in that desert that those kids with pockets full of silver and pockets full of gold, they would look and they'd say, it's getting heavy. It's getting heavy. It's, well, well, if it's getting heavy, you've got to get rid of something. And if you're going to get rid of something, don't get rid of the, the gold. Get rid of the silver. So I would like to just got pockets full of silver. But here was the people of Israel. As they continued to go forward, and as they continued to go forward... They arrived there at this beautiful mountain, Mount Sinai. And here was Mount Sinai standing before them. And God in His booming voice come down upon Moses and called Moses to come up. He told Moses, come up and I'm going to give you a plan of salvation. I'm going to put in your hand the very law. I'm going to orchestrate this thing. I'm going to make it unfold before you. And when you walk down off this mountain, you'll be the leader of these people you'll know where they're headed you'll know what's happening you'll know what's going on so here he was Moses on top of the mountain and here was the people of Israel down on the bottom of the mountain I want us to read something really quickly read for me if you would somebody go help me here Exodus chapter number 19 verse number 1 through 2 Listen, listen, listen real intently. 19, 1 through 2. It's on. In the third month, they came they into the wilderness of Sinai. Uh-huh. And they were departed from Rapha. Yeah. Rephidim. And were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness there Israel camped before the mount. Now turn to Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 3. We're going to read this real quick. Exodus 20, verse number 3. Thou shalt have no other, no other gods before me. Did I scare him? I thought I was reading the wrong one. Say, no other gods. That's pretty clear cut, isn't it? I don't have to wrestle with that. I don't have to argue with that. I like to preach that way to my church. I like to just be straight and listen. Let the chips fall where they lay and just leave it be. God looked at Moses. He said, you go tell them there are to be no other gods before me. 
that alleviates any kind of way for confusion. Read on. There's another one. Are we ready for this? No other graven images. Read on. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation. Uh-huh. Yes, one more verse. And showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me. Hold on, here's the promise. And keep my commandments. Here's the promise. Here's the promise. If you hate me, I'm going to visit you. And you won't like me when I visit you. But if you love me, there's always that give and take in the Word of God. If you love me, I will visit you with mercy. So here was Moses. Here was Moses standing on the top of the mountain. And here he was holding these Ten Commandments in his very hand. And the Lord began to speak to Moses and he began to tell him, go down. Go down to the bottom of that mountain. Something's going on at this bottom of this mountain. Something's happening down there that's going to shatter everything I just told you and I just talked about. I want you to know what was happening at the bottom of that mountain. They had taken the blessings that God had favored them with and had bestowed upon them and given them. I want you to read it for me. Read it for me. Read what happens here. Exodus chapter number 32. Verse number one. They had taken the blessings that God had given them and bestowed upon them. They, the, the camels that were laden down with all of the goods of Egypt. I want you to know, when you come out of this world, you come out with your hands up. You come out in victory. I want you to know, you were born into this church with a head hung, hung low. You were born into the church with the victory and joy and encouragement of the Holy Ghost. Right, right, right. Right, right. Go ahead and read. When the people saw... That Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain. Now notice, now notice, their leader was gone. The people gathered. They couldn't home. see. They couldn't see up at the top of the mountain. They couldn't see what was happening and what was going on. Brother, they, they didn't know what was happening up on the top of that mountain. So they began to get scared and they began to get weary. Can I tell you, in the house of the Lord, even though you can't always see the vision of your pastor, that's no right for you to just go do your own thing. Come on. Come on. Come on. What that tells me is this. If you'll just stay put at the foot of the mountain, the man of God will walk down off the top of that mountain with a vision and a direction and leadership for the church. Because he delayed, because he delayed, he waited. Well, he waited too long. Who are you to say how long it takes for God to speak to that man? I'm going to preach like a pastor right now for just a second because I can tell, hallelujah, sitting across this place tonight. I had about 85, 90 people in my church today. And I'm here to tell you that every one of those individuals, I wish it was true, but every one of those individuals aren't on the same page with me. But I would to God in this place tonight that when I walk out those back doors and get in my car, there's 250 or 300 people that would say, Pastor, I'm with you all the way. 
There ought to be everybody standing on their feet right now. You ought to stand and clap your hands just because you support this man. Just because you love this man. Somebody ought to be clapping their hands just to let him know you're praying for him. Thank you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Read just a little bit farther. Read slow gathered, for me because I'm going to break in on you. The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, "Up, Make us gods. Up now. Come on. Get up. Perform for us. Go ahead. Which shall go before us. Uh-huh. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land Hold on, of hold on, hold on. Stand up so we can all hear this. Would you stand up and read that? Now notice, now notice what the people said. Go ahead. This is always the first argument for church dissension. It's the first argument for the backslider. Listen really closely to what happens. Make us gods. Okay, read. Which shall go before us. Read. For as this Moses. For as this Moses. The man that brought us out. This man. No, it wasn't the man. We already read it. It was the Lord. It was the Lord that gave favor. Don't you ever mistaken what's happening here as something orchestrated by a man. It's never about him right here, and it's never about me in Indianapolis. It always has been. It always will be about God Almighty. And when you can tell, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I'm going to preach about it anyway for just a second. I, I want you to know, when you think you can tear the man of God down to a place where he's just a simple man trying to do simple things, I'm here to tell you, you are outside of the will, the purpose, and the plan of God for your life. You're demeaning the man of God in your life. You're removing yourself from the umbrella of a pastor in your life. You've got to have a leader. You've got to have direction. You've got to have a pastor. I'm going to say it one more time just so we're not confused here. You've got to have a pastor. We want not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the Hold golden on. Right earrings. Right here. Right here. Which are in the break, off, break off the golden earrings. I could preach about that for a while, but... You'd walk into my church on Sunday morning, you wouldn't know if we're... Apostolic or charismatic, if you're looking in our congregation, hopefully you can look on our pulpit and uh, platform and know that we're apostolic. But we've got a lot of folks mixed into our congregation right now. So there's a lot of dangle bobs in our church. Go ahead. I don't know what they're called, earrings. Okay, go ahead. Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wife. I'll tell you what you do. I'll tell you what you do. Those blessings that you brought out of Egypt, give them to me. Now I want you to notice what he does with the blessings of God upon these people. They walked out with their hands full of stuff. Their camels and their cattle and their donkeys laden down. Their pockets full of junk. Silver and gold that we clamor for and we try to get our hands on. They walked out with so much of it, it was falling out of their pockets. Read on. And your sons and, uh -huh. your, and your daughters and bring uh -huh. them unto me 
And all the people break off the gold earrings which were in their ears and brought them honey, to Aaron. Honey, I need those earrings because I'm going to give them to Aaron. And he's going to do something special with them. We told him that we need an image. So he's going to take the earring. What? That don't make no sense to me. Honey, that's what we came out of. Honey, that's why God called us out of Egypt. So just give me the earrings. So they would give them the earrings. And they went. Now read on just a little bit. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool. After he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, 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 right here. I want you to pay close attention because here's what they've done. They created unto themselves gods. I'm going to tell you in the house of the Lord, you're always going to serve something. All of your life, as long as you draw breath, you will serve something. You either serve God or you will serve mammon. You'll either seem to serve this world or you will serve in the church. But don't be mistaken. You will serve something. And they made a choice that they would take the blessings of God and turn it into an image. And they would bow before the image. And they would serve this image. Let me give you just a small inlet into what I'm talking about. I, I, I have no problem with sports. I like, to, I like to play sports. But let me tell you this. I've got a little kid and I, I put him in a little league. And we had a clear understanding with the coach. Wednesday night, that kid won't be here. I don't care if you go to the playoffs. My kid made it to the playoffs and he had to miss a game. Because I ain't going to let my kid take and build images to other gods. I worship only at the feet of Jesus. His, hallelujah, His image only will I raise my hands to. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is the only knee that this knee will ever bow to. I, I, oh, you can be seated in the name of the Lord. I, I, looked, at, I looked at this, this gamut of sports. And I've, I've always been into sports. I've always read, read box scores. I'm, I'm, I'm into baseball. I think I'm one of the few fans left that still like baseball. And I'm even worse because I like to listen to it on the radio. I hang on every pitch from the Atlanta Braves. Is it going to be a striker? Is it going to be a ball? But I'm going to tell you this, my friend. It will never take the place of the one eternal God in my life. And they began to build it up. Building gods unto things that were temporal. I, I played a lot, a lot of, a lot of basketball as a kid. I know I don't look like it now. Played a lot of softball. Played a lot of football. I played in a lot of different leagues, in sports. But you know what I got out of all of that? Bad ankles, bad knees. 
I was playing in a tournament in Wisconsin one time. I got undercut and came down on my head. I've got a neck that crinks every time I turn it just right, and I'm froze there. That's what the gods gave me. So you just go ahead. When you walk out of the house of God tonight, if this is your desire, you keep building images. Keep building images with the blessings of God for your life. And you build yourself the nicest, biggest, fanciest home that you could ever build. You drive the nicest car that you could possibly drive. You own the sweetest boat you could, also, uh, you could ever launch out into the river. I want you to know how I would to God that if that's your desire, that you go forward and you do those kind of things. If that's your desire, but I want you to know all it brought them was heartache. All it brought them was hurt. All it brought them was pain. All it brought them was broken relationship. All it done was severed fellowship. And there had to be a God Almighty that reached down with a saving hand to unify them back into communion with Him. Don't build images to the gods. A dollar here, a dollar there. Hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there. A little bit of time spent here, a little bit of time spent there. How many, how many of us have spent our time doing things? And when it's all said and done, we say, "Well, I wish I wouldn't have spent my time doing that." But how many times, really, honestly, have we come into the house of God and we've worshipped Him like what's taking place in this place tonight? And we walked out those back doors and we say, I thank God for every moment that I spend in His presence. The gods of this world will rob you will steal from you, will take from you, and give you temporary joy in return. And when it's all said and done, and you're drawing your last breath, you will wish to God that you build images, not to the gods of this world, but you took and invested the blessings of God into the things and the house of God. And here was the people of Israel at a crossroads in their life. They never experienced this. You have to understand that he was always ruled over by Egypt for 400 years. They didn't know how to act. They didn't know what to do. Believe me, some of it was out of ignorance. Some of it was out of negligence. Some of it was out of a careless attitude. Some of it was for a desire for something bigger than themselves. How many understand there's a God that's much bigger than us? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Here they were. All they had to prove for their negligence, 
their ignorance, their idiosity, their fear, their lack of faith, their doubt, their turmoil, their hurt, their heartbreak, and their heartache was an image of gold that cared nothing about them, cared nothing about their lives, cared cared nothing about the plight that they found themselves in. Read on just a little bit. When Aaron saw it, he built an altar before Aaron on made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Uh And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I have commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, uh-huh. and they have worshipped it. Uh-huh. And have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, These be O thy Israel, gods. which have brought thee out of the Hold land. Hold on just a second. You know why people backslide every day out of the house of God? Because they get their eyes upon the things of this world. And sight is more important than the house of God. It's more important than the man of God. And it's more important than the family of God. And so I place the things of this world above God Almighty. Read on. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen these peop- this people, and behold, it is, is a, it is a stiff-necked people. Uh-huh. Now therefore let me alone, uh-huh. that th- my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make thee a great nation. Say true leader. This is a true leader. Read on if you would. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people? Uh-huh. Which thou hast brought forth out of the land. I'm going to ask you a question right now. How many of you think that this man has spent any time interceding for your soul? If God takes and puts people under the care of a man, then I have to believe that God also speaks to that man and directs that man and gives that man a word for people's hearts and gives that man direction for people's hearts and He allows them to believe in people. I want you to know, hallelujah, if any man is worth anything, hallelujah, standing behind this sacred desk, there is a passion and a burden that burns within them be like God that says I'm not willing that any should perish. Hallelujah. So the next time you don't think it's important to be in the house of God, know there's a pastor somewhere on his face praying, God keep them when they can't keep themselves. God help them when they can't help themselves. And here he walks down off the mountain. I'm not really good at making happy faces, but I can make really mean faces. What in the world? I leave you alone by yourself for a little bit. And he takes these commandments. He tosses them down. 
the ink still wet on the Old Testament plan of salvation for the people of God. He burns. He has a righteous indignation because they've gone back to the gods of this world. It's a heartbeat of every pastor to put the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords before you and say, follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> so here we are with broken tablets, the plan of salvation, a graven image before him. Aaron standing there, flat lying to Moses saying, I threw him some gold and this calf jumped out. Come on, buddy. I was born in the night, but it wasn't last night. Somebody done fell off the wagon. And so he begins to clean up the mess. Go ground up the, go ground up the calf. Take care of the calf. That calf would constantly reappear in the Old Testament. You ever read about the calves of Jeroboam? You ever about, read about the, the images in the hand of Micah? You ever read about Gideon and what he done with that ephah? I want you to know one mistake stuck in the crawl of Israel. Because they allowed themselves to build gods to this world. When it was all said and done, Moses come down. He said, I've got good news in the midst of all the brokenness, in the midst of all of the heartache, and in the midst of this great travesty, and this great rebellious and disobedient people. Read another portion for me if you would. Where, where, wherefore should Egyptians... Exodus chapter number 35 and verse number 20. Will you stand with me in the house of the Lord? 35 and 20. Give me just a second. And here was the people of Israel. They gave enough to build gods, calves, to the gods of this world. And they found that got them nowhere. I want you to know, my friend, you can build all you want to build. But when it's all said and done, you'll be right back here understanding that you get nothing from the world. They realized that. They understood that. They learned a horrible lesson there. A terrible lesson as I was hearing the screams of the, the slaughter of the individuals that had turned their back on God. Aaron giving way to the pleas of the people. But something happened in the midst of everything that transpired there. Read for me. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they baby, came. baby, get the kids. We're going back to the tent. All this wrong that we've done, we've got an opportunity now to make it right. Read on. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering 
to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation oh, oh, and for yes. all his service and for the holy garments. Yes. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted to bought bracelets and the earrings and the ring, rings and tablets, all the jewels and the gold, and every man that offered uh, an offering of gold unto the Lord. <laughs> and every man with whom was found blue yeah. and purple and yeah. scarlet and fine linen and the goat's hair and the red skins and the rams and the badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought unto the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood yeah. for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, yeah. both of the blue and the purple and the scarlet and the fine. Let me tell you what happens when you take the blessings of God and you give them back into His hand. Those blessings that He bestowed upon them in Egypt never was intended for them. The blessings that He bestowed upon the people of Israel was placed in their hand because He always knows the ending from the beginning. And He knows a broken, subservient people wouldn't have gold and wouldn't have silver and wouldn't have purple and wouldn't have fine linen. But He had a plan for a way of salvation. He had a plan for a tabernacle so let me tell you, God's got plans for the blessings He's bestowed upon you. Don't you for one second think you can build images to the gods of this world. And so Joseph walks out of Egypt with his pockets laden with gold. Jewelry. Can you imagine with me what it was like? These women walking through a desert in high heels and decked out in jewelry. Where are you going? I'm going for a little walk. I'd be like going out to the cow pasture in your favorite dress. Let me tell you why he gave those blessings into the hands of those men and those women. Let me express to you why he done it for this very case. They could come and they could put the blessings of God back into his hand to build his house. So just like they had part in the building to the gods of this world. Oh, Joseph... that Ark of the Covenant is your mama's earrings and a bracelet she took out of Egypt. And part of that veil came right off my very back. I took it from Pharaoh's governor. And I want you to know every time you walk in this place, 
because I bought into what God was doing. You've got a part in the house of God. What are you preaching to me tonight? I'm coming to ask you, what are you going to do with the blessing? Are you going to buy into what God's doing right here, right now? Are you going to build kingdoms to yourself? I would to God these altars would flood with people that were willing to say, I'll give myself to you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do with the blessing. I'm going to come down. I'm going to lay it before you. I'm going to offer it up to you, God. Whatever you have designed, whatever you want to do, use it in your will. What are you going to do with it? I've got to fancy this. I've got to fancy that. I've got to fancy one of those. That's the very best our money can buy. I belong to this. I belong to that. I belong to the other. I'll trade it all. If I can just look you in the eye and say, I've got a part in the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, Give it to me. I can work it in. I want you to know how small you are or how large you are. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans to God. He'll find a place for you.